All right, here we are with episode 23 of A Coach and a Lawyer podcast, the big two, three, Jordan year, Jordan podcast, the GOAT. Here we go. We're going to make it a great one. That's right, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I'm out here in Atlanta doing some uh, really good recruiting out here, all this talent in the uh, Georgia area. I tell you what, man, uh, I don't want you been out there mentioning uh, that they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. I actually actually did make that joke last night. I was at a uh, Top Golf and I was losing twenty eight to zero to one of my buddies and he was like, Oh, this is about to be a blow and I was like, Well, it's not the first time somebody from Atlanta would have blown a twenty eight point lead. Yeah, uh, got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> he was not happy to hear that. And he was like, Yeah, still too soon. I was like, eh, I'm a- <laughs> should have won. Amen. You're up twenty eight points. They did it to uh, themselves. Got that lemon booty. Yep, exactly. But uh, unfortunately, I did not come back to win that game. Yeah. Um, hey, man, we can't all be Tom Tom Brady, you know? No, 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 no. All right. Well, a coach and a lawyer. He's Deuce Booker. He's the coach. I'm CJ Donald, the lawyer. Um, so we got some great stuff for you today. But before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to Deuce for the work on the website he's done over the last few weeks. The URL is acoachandthelawyer.com. We got a new website, we got blogs, we got our episodes up there, uh, projects we're working on, and some great art and other content up there. So go check it out when you get a chance, and give us a shout out to tell us how you like it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited about the new uh, website we got, especially the uh, the little um, volume series that we're going to be doing, uh, you know, going forward, talking about different topics um, in an extended version of our uh, podcast. I think people... You, the fans, are definitely going to really enjoy that for some of the things that we're planning on talking about and, you know, doing some research on for that. And we've been getting some great responses so far uh, for some of our blog posts. So uh, I guess we can can write, we can talk, we can do it all. (laughs) It's going to be hot fire. You had one post last week that was pretty cool uh, about how this really is the first time the Warriors and Cavaliers have met. So although this is their third meeting, Deuce is arguing that this is the first true meeting. So go check that out. I won't spoil the ending for you. Go check it out online, yeah. uh, lawyer.com. So, ready to get into it, Deuce? Yep, yeah, let's do it to it. All right, episode 23. All righty, so here we are. We are with uh, your main man, Deuce, the coach, and again, CJ, the lawyer over there. We're going to start today off a little different than uh, most other days. We're going to start off with Sucks to Suck. Uh, so, yeah, up on the uh, platform for Sucks to Suck. I don't know if you all saw, but recently in the news, um, Commissioner Adam Silver of the NBA, or as some people know him on Twitter, at Milton Point, um, <laughs> he has... <laughs> He has decided that uh, he's tired of the uh, age limit that he has on um, guys coming out of high school. So there are talks of potentially changing the rule again. Uh, So the one and done thing could turn into a none and done or two. You got to at least be there for two years. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, that, CJ? Yeah, well, I'm excited for it. I think everyone agrees that college basketball um, is definitely not in a great place right now. And a lot of folks have said, well, you know, uh, the NBA is at its zenith because we have a lot of players that are just great. You have Steph Curry, you have LeBron, you have KD. So it's a really high place. But college ball is probably at its lowest point. 
And so since 2005, we have had this rule that you have to be at least 19 before you can join the NBA. And Adam Silver has said this. Um, I'm rethinking our position. My sense is it's not working for anyone. It's not working for the college coaches or the ADs I hear from. They're not happy with the current system. And I know our teams aren't happy either. So, Deuce, I have to ask you, do you think that with uh, the removal of this age limit that was put in place in 05, you get better college product and a better NBA product? Because it seems to be that a lot of the impetus for putting in the age limit was that you could get a better NBA product with older players. But maybe we sacrifice that growth for a little bit of growth on the college side. What do you think? Yeah, I think initially the motive behind it was correct, and it's not a horrible thought by them thinking that, okay, you know, forcing them to go there for one year, and, you know, you got a lot of great coaches in the college rank, you know, my main man, Coach Krzyzewski, Coach K out there with uh, Duke basketball. You have a lot of guys like him um, still staying in the college level, not trying to get to the pros. So you think, okay, one year with those guys should make them a little bit, you know, more fundamentally sound and it hasn't necessarily worked out that way because um, guys come in with so much athleticism that they're just showcasing that and the NBA teams are like, okay, yeah, sure, that's fine. We'll take you because of how athletic you are. You know, the ceiling is the roof for your potential. <laughs> uh, so therefore, they'll go ahead and take a chance on these kids instead of, you know, saying, nope, we're not going to draft you. Um, yeah, you're athletic, but we want you to be more fundamentally sound and sticking around uh, in college for a couple more years or so. Uh, so... Yeah, um, it's definitely, I understand why they made the initial um, rule, um, but it has not worked out the way they wanted to. And, you know, there are a few different ways that they can kind of approach this um, in the next NBA PA uh, meeting. Um, and you have one or two options. You either take away the age limit and say you can come straight out of high school and go get drafted in the league, or you bump it up until you have to be, what, 20 or 21 and, uh, you know, spend a few years in college. So it's one of those two things that you have to do. And the struggle is trying to find that perfect balance where it's still good for both, um, you know, the NCAA and for the NBA. And that's kind of where Adam Silver's kind of stuck in between because you just tell them, hey, you can come straight out of high school and get drafted. I think these kids don't care if they end up in the G League uh, for, you know, a year or so if they're making a few million over that time period as opposed to having to go to college and, you know, go to class for a semester because let's face it second semester they don't go i mean i know you may have seen it in the ben simmons documentary was like yeah i didn't go to class at all second semester because i knew i was leaving like what was the purpose of it so uh yeah it's it's an interesting uh, dilemma that the nba is kind of facing here what do you think they should do yeah so i think they should definitely get rid of the age limit um because right now we're pointing out even more so that the college system is a farce. I think what we should try to do, maybe, is bolster that that developmental league, as you said, so mm-hmm. when the players have an opportunity to go there. And so maybe instead of having only first-round picks with guaranteed contracts, we say, well, first and second-round picks have guaranteed contracts, but they're shorter length. So instead of a four-year or five-year deal for, for, for rookies coming in, you have a two- or three-year deal based on, you know, being drafted in the second round or the first round, right? Right. So then you like, okay, if making this jump from as 18 years old from high school to the NBA, at least I know that I'll get a chance to go and earn, like, a standard of living that is, like, decent, okay? 
as opposed to having to go from 18 into like thinking you'll be a basketball player in the D League and you don't make it and then you're broke again and then you can't go to college, right? And so right. then I think what they should do is they should allow those players that don't get drafted to then go to a college. I think that, and that'll be on the NCAA obviously to allow that. But if you get drafted, in my opinion, third round or later, you know, you should be able to go to college. I guess. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, starting until August or September. There's still two months for coaches to still push on you and recruit you. So. Right. Well, I wouldn't want them to still be recruited during that time period. I think they need to have made a decision on where they would, where they want to go. Okay. But still sit there and say, okay, but coach, if I get drafted, like I'm going to go ahead and go to the NBA and coaches and the college level just have to know that Uh, because it's, you know, and the thing, but the thing is, it'll have to be like the current rules. If you get an agent, though, then you're off the books for college. Yes. Like once you get that agent, you're done. Um, I think letting high school players participate in the combine and get a, you know, get some uh, feedback and saying, hey, here's where you kind of projected to go is also good. Like what they have now, saying, you know, yeah, come to the combine if you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're thinking about leaving early. Come here, get some feedback. If you don't get the feedback that you were hoping for, then you can go back to college. I think that type of setup would be really good for these high school kids because let's face it a lot of these high school kids are just going to see the money right. <laughs> they're going to see not having to go to class um and they're going to want to you know go ahead and make that money into the g league now the only issue that i would potentially have with you know them eliminating well i have a few issues with it um with them eliminating the age limit is how are they going to be able to structure it for you know financially just because I know we kind of talked about it off the air, but you hire, you know, you go out there and draft these kids in the first, second round, and they don't make your roster, or they do, you know, make your roster for the your NBA team. So now, every now and then, though, you might have to push them down to the G League, and uh, now they're taking minutes and time away from guys who are working their butts off to even get in the G League, and they're getting paid, you know, roughly 35 to 40 grand, however much it may be, for those G League teams. So now, you know, what motivation do they have to try to? you know, work their butts off and to try to get to the NBA when they know, okay, you're just going to draft this high pick and he's going to come down here every so often. And that's really your future as opposed to me, you know, having a legit shot at being the future. So they got to find a way to, uh, you know, one, pay these players uh, that are in the G League, pay them a higher salary to build up their G League for one. And then two, you have to encourage more teams. Okay, if we're going to go out and take all these high school kids that are in ESPN Top 100, don't be afraid to send them down to the G League. I think that would be the best way to build up the G League is by having a guy who was at ESPN number one or higher five or whatever he is, play in that G League team for a few months or the full year of his rookie year um, uh, in the NBA. And then all of a sudden you have people, you know, wanting to go to those G League games. So now you're getting some funding for the G League. And then once you get that funding, you show the numbers are increasing in the G League from a viewer standpoint. Maybe you talk about putting different brands on your jersey so now you can sell that to make some more money uh, for the team. Because I definitely don't want to see it on my NBA squads, but I can, I'm fine with seeing brands on, you know, the jerseys of G League teams. So now you're bringing more money into your league, uh, which will help, you know, for that increase in salaries for your G League players that may never ever see their time in the NBA, you know? Yeah, I, I understand that. I, um, I don't know, I think there's a long way to go before they can make the developmental league something that is going to be sustainable. So, just right. they, they've changed the salary structure um, right. this, this season. So, they have two tiers of salaries now 
$26,000 a year and $19,000 a year. Now, yeah, that's a lot more money than people make like across the country, across the world. And that's great, right? But that's not comparable to what a rookie in the NBA like would make, right? So if you are on a rookie roster and you never play one minute and you're a Memphis Grizzlies player, but you're number 13 on the roster, you're going to make like substantially more money than the best player in the D-League unless that player gets called up. So it's just hard to, I think, to even fathom what they could do um, to, to make that be better. And on top of that, when these players travel from state to state, there's always a sports tax that they have to pay for playing in different states. And so, you know, they yeah, that money, $26,000 sounds like a lot to some people, but after the taxes, it's not really a lot. And then they're trying to keep up with the lifestyle of, I got to train, I got to eat, I got to do X, Y, Z. Right. I, I think you're right. The branding could be a thing. Um, they should, I mean, they really, honestly, what they could do is just pay college players. <laughs> you know, yeah, but there's a there's a lot to go behind doing that because you have to pay all sports and not every sport is worth right um, the same amount as right. other sports. Yeah. So yeah, but you know who would hurt the most out of the uh, if the NBA decides to get rid of the age limit? Who's that? Your favorite team, Big Blue Nation. Do you think Kentucky? so? Yeah, those same kids that were going to Kentucky are now just going to go straight to the league. I mean, that's what they go to Kentucky for, right? It's their hotel resort before they go to the NBA, right? <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I I disagree though. So if you look at, like, I think Duke will get players, good players, no matter what, no matter right. what the rules. That's just how good rate of program it is. Right, but I think UK, Kansas, UCLA are the same way. Like e- even Kansas, if yes, Kentucky, no, no, but but okay. Oh, so so look at this. If you look at the colleges that have produced the most NBA players ever, UK is first on that list. They right. sit seventy-eight players in the NBA. UCLA is second with 76. UNC is third with 62. Duke is fourth, 58. Kansas is fifth, 53. How many of those are one and duns, though? Like, a lot of those over the last few years for Kentucky have been one and duns. Right, but that's only since 2005. So that's just 12 years worth. So, what? Maybe one or two every other year? That are one that actually like, and then how many of those that from Kentucky that didn't stick in the league? I mean, a lot of UK players are in the league and playing really well right now, but they weren't so great in UK. Right. So, but, but I guess my, my larger point was that even if the rules change, you're going to get like the best players available at UK. So, yeah. I think it'll still be still be fine. I don't think they'll be hurt at all. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I know the whole one and done thing won't be. Still prevalent there. I feel like I think you're gonna end up getting players that'll be there for two to three years. Yeah. And then it's a matter of hmm, is that something that Calipari is gonna be able to be used to? Because now he's so ingrained with the, all right, I got this kid for a year. Does it make Cal, you know, develop them a lot better, or is that, you know, showcase? Okay, Cal just doesn't have it anymore. Which I think Cal definitely does have it as a coach. I mean, he wasn't able to do what he was doing at UMass and Memphis without knowing S's and O's. But you know, has he been able to get away with? Some stuff lately because he's got just these tremendous talent. one and done yeah. talent. So. I agree with that. I agree that he has probably not been as sharp as possible because you have those those great players. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think he'll still be okay. Yeah, but I'm just 
hopefully just really more so me just hoping that Big Blue Nation suffers in any type of way. You know what that's called? Oh, yeah, I know exactly what it's called. Hey, 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 hey. All right, well, want to move over to Heads and Tails? Yep, sounds good to me. The NFL is commonly referred to as the No Fun League. Um, up until this coming year, touchdown celebrations have been strictly prohibited. Uh, but now, Roger Goodell is telling owners that group celebrations using the ball as a prop after touchdowns, uh, going to the ground, and making snow angels are all now legal celebrations after touchdowns. But yeah, no twerking. What'd you say? No twerking. No twerking. But you can dance. As long as it's not violent or sexually or suggestive, then you can do it. So I want to get your opinion on this. As a football coach, one, as a player... Would you? What would your favorite celebration have been had you scored a touchdown? And two, do, what do you think about this, the rule change? Do you think it matters? Um, I don't know what my favorite celebration would have been. It definitely would have involved props, I feel like, or some dancing of some sort. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know as far as my favorite celebration, what that would have been. Um, I probably would have pulled a Zeke if I had that opportunity, like jump in a Salvation Army pot or something like that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> definitely would have been something that I would have been doing or, you know, jumping into the crowd or having a cell phone at the end of the end zone or something. I don't know. I would have definitely used some props. Um, but as a coach, I'm all for it. I mean, I don't mind the guy celebrating a little bit. I mean, as long as you're not taunting the other team and, you know, causing a potential for a fight. And, you know, especially if it's a group celebration because it's a group, it's a team sport. I mean, heck, yeah, I am all for the celebration. I think it's a great idea by the NFL. And I think part of it was a ploy to be able to get younger viewers because people are starting to realize, like, our generation, the millennials, we don't watch as much TV. We're more of, you know, being on the social media, watching the highlights. So I think that was part of it, too, to be able to sit there and say, okay, hey, we can incorporate, you know, this celebration by showing the touchdown that they scored or big play that they got. So now more people are viewing the game of football and maybe they tune in more if they're seeing more and more celebrations. So I think it was a, it was a smart move by the NFL. I'm uh, very excited about this. I am definitely looking forward to what all our Cowboys are going to be doing because we got some characters. <laughs> oh, so did you hear this? Did, I read a story earlier this morning that said that Jason Garrett was the impetus behind this change. So some, I can believe that. Some stories have come out. They're saying coaches like Marvin Lewis of the Bengals did not like this. He wants to keep it on the football focus. Well, yeah, because he know his <laughs> Marvin Lewis know his guys are gonna <laughs> definitely like tote the line on that one and yes. break it a couple times and get fined. Like I get why Marvin Lewis isn't a fan of it, uh, but. I definitely understand why Jason Garrett is. I mean, you had Zeke doing his jump into the Salvation Army fight last year, which was really cool, raised a lot of money. Uh, obviously, Dez is a very emotional guy who likes to be able to celebrate. I think the issue with Dez is you got to make sure he's not crossing the line of taunting. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what our guys do, um, especially our new wide receiver, Switzer. Um, I'd imagine that kid is slightly a little loose in the head. So yes. <laughs> I'd yes. be interested to see what, he's do, what he'll do on his first career touchdown. <laughs> right. I I am excited. I just want to see. You know, I wish we could have some of those old players back, like Ocho Cinco and yes. Terrell Owens. Because yeah. remember when Sounds they... contract. Yes. Then they pulled that cell phone out of the goalpost. Like, how creative is that? Like, when you pull out the uh, the Sharpie and sign the ball on the field. 
uh, how could, that, that's so great. I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. But you didn't ask me this, but my celebration, if I had ever played football, would definitely be the funky chicken, like, like Theo Huxtable, you know, where he's just shaking his legs and with his hands up. <laughs> That would have been great. You would go with the Yo Huxable. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, three to one lead. Finish it off. Yep. Sounds good. Let's get to it. All right. So, you know, I'm pretty passionate about this. I um, texted you about this earlier this week. And I think that the NFL team, the entire NFL, is on the three to one lead couch. I think they're blowing it. They had a chance, and now they're blowing it. The entire league. How? That's a that's a bold statement to say I the know. entire league is blowing all, the league. All, all 32 teams, by not taking Colin Kaepernick, oh. they're, they're losing out on a former Super Bowl playing quarterback all because they are scared of a little bit of publicity. So many of you have heard about Colin Kaepernick, the former San Francisco quarterback last season. Uh, he garnered lots of attention and criticism for taking a knee during pregame playing of the national anthem. His silent protest was an effort to make the country more aware of police brutality against black Americans. Um, so in 2016, the year that Cap started this protest, at least 960 people were shot and killed by the police, according to the Washington Post. Over 200 of those were black Americans. So blacks are about 12% of the population but 24% of the people who are shot by police are black. So Kaepernick was essentially like protesting, drawing awareness to this thing. Okay, Cap is a free agent right now, and NFL teams have not even really seriously considered picking him up. Everyone will tell you um, that this is like very, very complicated, that he can still play, but teams are scared about it, or um, maybe he's still injured a little bit, maybe he doesn't want to play football anymore. Oh, that's a bunch of crap. And we know that his teammates last year loved him. They gave him the highest award uh, that a 49ers player could get. True. And so there are three reasons in my mind that the NFL teams are blowing. First is what? Cap can still play. We know this. His in-pocket passer rating for last three seasons is higher than Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is considered to be a top 10 quarterback right now. And everyone says, Cap really isn't good in the pocket. Well, he's better than Andrew Luck in the pocket. I mean, I don't know how much better you want him to be. Uh, there have been four. That's actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And and even, that's even accounting for the fact that Kaepernick was hurt for a season and a half of that three-season gap. All right. Look at these. Listen to these four names that just got signed as quarterbacks in the NFL. And you tell me if you think that any of these guys are better than Colin Kaepernick. Austin yeah. Davis went to Seattle. Never heard of him. Zach Dissert went to Dallas. Matt McGlown. TJ Yates to Buffalo. Those last two names ring a bell. I just can't put a face with them. Right, right, right. I mean, Cap was in Super Bowl just three years ago. I don't understand how much more they want. All right, second reason. He'll bring experience and attention to the team. The NFL is in the business of entertainment. That's what they're doing with the celebrations. They're trying to entertain, trying to get more people, like Deuce said earlier, to watch the game of football. No matter how good you think your product is as a, as a team, folks still got to watch the thing. They still have to be paying attention to you. So if you sign Cap, 
you would have every newspaper at your at your media days. That's free advertising. You have ESPN there. Look at your free game ceremonies. That's free advertisement. You want more national TV games? Sign Kaepernick. Because the, the question becomes then, oh, is he going to kneel or is he not going to kneel? Is he going to protest or not? Is he going to play or is he going to not play? If you want all of Twitter to be paying attention to your games, it's very, very easy. Sign Kaepernick. I never thought about that. That is a really good point. Yeah. I, yeah. I've always been on the mindset of I understand why teams are so conservative. Well, most of these teams' owners are conservative, uh, extremely conservative. So I've always understood why teams aren't going out to Kaepernick. Right. Um, but when you throw in the fact that they could make some more money, I don't think they realize that. And I, I know how conservative they are with their beliefs and everything. But I do know how much they love making money. So yeah. that is hmm, – that's a new one. Uh, hmm, I like I mean, that one. I mean, there, there are lots of teams that need attention right now, need fan support. You get it easily. Just sign it. And yeah. and any blowback you get, I think it's going to be minor. So think about this. There are a lot of people that said, until Kaepernick stops kneeling, I won't watch football. The ratings for the Super Bowl were the highest they've ever been this year. I, I mean, I don't know what to say to you besides that. Like, people can say whatever they want to say. Football is so ingrained in our culture that they're going to watch it. They're going to watch it. All right. The third reason is this. If teams are refusing to sign Kaepernick because the owners and the coaches are such uh, patriots and they hate Kaepernick because of his protests, then we should reevaluate the definition of patriotism. The Central American idea is freedom. One of the most important ideas is freedom of speech. What better way to show that you really represent America and that you really support American ideals than to sign Colin Kaepernick? If you're really an American patriot, then you can hunger and you can appreciate that diversity of thought. But these NFL teams and these owners, these coaches, they're just blowing it. And they're essentially saying that we'll sign domestic abusers, we'll sign drug addicts, we'll sign guys that can't even read, but we won't sign Kaepernick. We're going to shun Kaepernick. I, I don't understand that. So... I think they're blowing it, and they should be all put on the three-to-one league couch. All thirty-two NFL teams. Yeah, um, I think when you brought in the facts about how much money they could potentially make, I think that would, if they knew about that um, as a possibility, I think more owners would probably be more open to getting Kaepernick. Because I think right now a lot of them are looking at the bottom line and saying Kaepernick is going to lose me some money on that bottom line. He's not. Um, I think it it depends on where. Certain teams have a fan base that is extremely conservative and they might lose some initial money um, as opposed to getting the money from marketing. I think there's a balance between the two and you have to have a good PR team and marketing team to be able to go out there and do it the right way to where you do make some money off of that. Because I think a lot of teams would definitely lose some money initially just from signing Kaepernick. But you, you know, if you structure it the right way where you can go out there and get these companies to you know, put out more of their signs for endorsement deals and stuff like that. I think you could definitely make up the difference and and some. Um, and the best thing about that is you'll have those guys, those not guys, but those companies signed to, you know, multi-year contracts mm -hmm. where, hey, whatever you were worried about losing with this owner who has a suite. I mean, it's a guy who has a suite. You can find somebody else who's going to want to buy a suite. You can sell those tickets or whatever it may be. So. That is a very interesting way to look at it now that I know they can make money off of it. I mean, I mean, look at this, the 49ers, right? Before last season, 
a storyline, a prominent storyline, was that Chip Kelly might be racist. And then Kaepernick kneeled, and he was so supportive of Colin Kaepernick. And people are like, oh, Chip Kelly's good. He's straight. We like Chip Kelly now. And Kaepernick's jersey sales were top of the NFL over Tom Brady, over Ezekiel Elliott, over Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like, I like I went out and got Kaepernick's jersey last season, and I hate the 49ers. <laughs> like, it's like just if he goes to wherever team, Buffalo or New York Jets or like for Tampa Bay, if he's a backup, people will be so they're supporting like your team vis-a-vis Kaepernick. And it's just it's easy money to me. It's just money. It's entertainment. Right. So No, I'm with you on I'm with you on that, yeah. Um Hopefully some NFL owner is listening to this and realizes, oh, I heard dollar signs, coaching. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see how it works out for him. Um, I think he'll be back in the league uh, before it's all said and done uh, within the next year or two. Yeah. So not, I'm not too worried about. All right, coach. I got I got one question for you before we end the podcast. One question for you. What are you looking forward to most in the sports world this summer? You know the NBA playoffs have been kind of predictable, uh, kind of boring to me. They're almost over. NHL playoffs are almost over. Uh, what are you most looking forward to in the sports world this summer? Definitely NBA Summer League. Uh, yeah, I watch that every year. I buy the subscription. I watch it. I go back and watch the games that I miss. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We got some high quality athletes uh, that'll potentially be drafted this summer with Lonzo, um, you know, Fultz. Um, obviously, my guys at Duke, Luke Kennard, uh, Giles, I think might mess around and get drafted. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, did you definitely. see that Lonzo Ball wore the James Harden shoes and not the big ballers? Yeah, I did see that. But he's always been wearing the Hardens. Like, when he was at UCLA, he, he liked to wear the Hardens. Which is interesting, though. You would think that by now he would be comfortable enough to wear his own shoes. But who knows? I mean, I guess sales are really that bad to wear even the own... <laughs> Even the, uh, the owner of the shoes is like, yeah, I don't know if I want a pair of them either. <sighs> I'm just saying. Yes, it's been a rough few weeks for the Ball family. I mean, Lonzo's shoes apparently aren't selling well. LeVar gets, like, beaten down yeah. <laughs> on uh, the herd. Um, and then, what's it called? Mellow takes a 50-point loss, so... Yeah. Not a not not very big baller of the fan. Big ball, they're they're not balling right now, guys. Gotta say they're not balling. Nah, they they are not. So, all right, man. Well, this has been episode twenty-three, the Jordan episode of a coach and a lawyer. Nope. Uh, he's Deuce Booker. He's the coach. He's the the brain behind all this stuff. Uh, I'm the lawyer, CJ Donald. And who is the bigger brain of all of this? Man, whatever, whatever. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'll talk to you next time and enjoy being <laughs> enjoy being an ATL, brother. Yeah, yeah, I'm only here one more day, so. <laughs> All right, well, go out there and get some uh, some chicken and waffles or something like that. You know. No, definitely not. I don't know if you heard about uh, what is it, the lady uh, Gladys's chicken and waffles? What happened? Yeah, they found cocaine there. Oh, don't do that then. Oh, oh yeah. no, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I like my life. I like not being addicted to things. So, uh, oh, no. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Yeah. Was they find it in the chicken or just like on the premises? 
I think like near the flower or something like that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think Future was trying to tell us something <laughs> when he said I'm picking up like Gladys. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Ooh. Okay. Well. Well, yes. don't go to uh, avoid Gladys, I guess. Avoid. Nah, strictly wa strictly Waffle House and Chick Fil A down there. That's that's about it. Maybe cookout. Yeah, cookout every now and then. Go to cookout. Avoid Magic City. Don't go down there. It's not worth it. Never heard of it. All right. Um, all right, man. Well, this has been fun. We'll do it next time.